For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. This is your Southampton preview podcast. Uh, hopefully we're going to take three points. It's been a great week so far. We advanced to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. So that's great. And hopefully we can build on this wonderful momentum we've created with three goals and get three points. So to join me in doing this preview, we have the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Brewsome, Toonsome. Newsome, doomsome, cruesome. Yeah, that's all I have right now. How you doing? Well, I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad it's returned. The the multiple names that kind of rhyme with my last name. Yeah. Um, but if you if you Play want rhymes. to, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, it it's it's a time. Um, I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk a little Southampton. Um, which of course is a team that exists that has. An academy that Newcastle wishes they had, and recently, actually, Greg, relevancy, um, an academy graduate of theirs is joining the MLS. So, uh, shout out to Victor Wanyama. Yeah, joining Impact Good. de Montreal. Impact de Montreal. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsome. Be sure to follow the podcast account at CHN underscore Radio. And of course, our main account at Coming Home in UFC. And as always, we've alluded to this on the uh, news pod. We are looking to, you know, add some some folks to the CHN fam. So if you're interested in writing, or even if you just want to learn more about it, or interested in potentially entering the podcast game or helping out in that regard, or if maybe you're a freelance graphic designer who just is bored, or if you're into tweeting and posting on Facebooks and all that kind of stuff. Just give us a little DM, and uh, we'll we'll definitely get back to you and talk about you know what what does the future with CHN look like? Yeah, do that for sure. Do do it. <laughs> uh, so big big match that we got a six pointer, and six pointers are important. So let's talk about the last time that Southampton and Newcastle met up. It was a wonderful day in St James's Park because we won. Which we can't say. Well, we we won a decent amount of times this year, right? Yeah, I um, guess. I yeah, yeah, we have. Wins are fun. Sure, we need we need to do that more often. Win. Goals are fun too. Goal. Oh my gosh, give me the goals. Um. So yeah, Newcastle defeated Southampton at home on a wonderful Saturday. They got a two to one win, and the goal scorers. For Newcastle in that match, were none other than 
Oh, I didn't have it ready. I'm I'm called out. I'm called out. Do you know who they were? Yeah, you should have done a better stall. John Joe Shelby stall- and oh, Kieran Clark. Or no, Harris. sorry. John Joe Shelby and Federico Fernandez. Andy Carroll oh. with the assist. Yes, that was the Andy Carroll header assist. Yeah. I remember this match because it was like all of Andy Carroll's greatest moments were because of his head and not at all with his ability to play with the ball at his feet. <laughs> and and Mirza was not happy about that. No. But if you're wondering who Mirza is, just join the Coming Home Newcastle team and you'll meet him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that plug. Look at that. Um yeah, it was uh the the best so according to these who scored ratings, the best player was John Joe. Um, he had four key passes also, so he was really cranking it up. Then it was oh, Alan yeah. St. Maximin, then it was Fernandez, then it was Carroll. Almiron, Hayden, and Clark all had seven or higher. So really good game for us. Um, we had 45% possession, so pretty even there. Um, Southampton had 19 shots to our 12, but we had six shots on target to their four. So a good game. For Newcastle, hoping to replicate that again, but let's get into why Southampton just purely suck. You go first. Yeah. First and foremost, Greg brought this to my attention earlier. Their mascot, the Saints, I hate the Saints because I'm a Falcons fan. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. So I hate any version of Saints besides St. Anthony, who helped me find my keys. So... Um, yeah, that's my big thing. Um, I'm also incredibly jealous of their academy. I think it's really good, and I'm mad that we don't have an academy as good as theirs. They have really candy-ass uniforms. Like, literally, their uniforms are very... They look like candy canes. Like, the the striping on the Southampton uniforms is always comical because it seems like they can't get it right so it always looks like some version of a candy cane, whether the stripes are too thin or they're too thick. It doesn't matter. It reminds me of Christmas time and drinking a little peppermint hot chocolate. And then additionally, um, they have a lot of players that because of the Southampton model, I'm just used to them not holding on to these players. And there's guys like James Ward-Prowse that I'm like, you should be sold from Southampton. What are you still doing there? Like, leave. And so they got some of those guys. Like Cedric's another one, I think. I feel like he's been there a long time. Um I don't know. That, that's that's all I got right now. Oh, their crest is stupid, too. Why is there a tree? Who cares? Yeah, no one likes your trees. Yeah, trees are stupid. Um, another way, the reason why Southampton sucks is the Titanic left from Southampton. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so, automatically suck. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good reason for it to suck. Um, this definition of Southampton says that... A shithole full of scummers. One of the worst places to live in the UK. They have a shit mm. football team that are currently sitting at the bottom of the English Premier League. The team is so mm. shit that they have to steal local rivals' manager and players. They are so shit that they couldn't hold a decent event. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait, who did they steal players? I don't know. Well, from? their rival is Portsmouth. So, there's that. Um, some person says... That Southampton is a place where so many people have slept with their friends and their their friends and their friends' friends and their friends' friends' friends, and it is officially known as the most incestuous place in the south of England. Well, that's not incest by definition, but okay. Yeah, well, that person says it is. So, 
Well, maybe that person is a product of incest because they don't know what it means. Yeah. That is, I mean, that was a little too far. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, basically, Southampton sucks. Yeah, I mean, which is not surprising. I mean, it's called Southampton, yeah. not you're not even like Hampton. Hampton. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Or West West Hampton would be cool. Or Hampton, Virginia. Uh, well, yeah. Shout out. Shout out Hampton University, yeah. HBCU, HBCU that I got into, but. They took too long to get me my financial aid, so I didn't go there. Mm. Fun fact. My friend went to Hampton. Oh. Yeah. I have one of my coworkers went to Hampton. She loved it. Played just I mean played trumpet in the marching band. What's up? Oh. Shout out. Shout out shout out to Ron. Ron. Yeah. Of course. I mean. Um another fun fact that I was offered a minority half scholarship to play in the Bethune Cookman marching band. So. Yes, for which, uh, which when Greg told me this, I literally like I I was so shocked, and I told my parents, Greg. <laughs> I didn't know if I told you that, and they were like, "Oh wow, that's interesting." But it's just funny because Greg is like very white, like he's a white guy. Yeah, and this is this is the opposite of a white guy place. But anyone that knows me got a little soul in there, boy. <laughs> anyway let's talk about this match um, there's, there's a whole segment of I'd say about 90% of the people listening that last like 45 seconds they could have skipped yeah yeah <laughs> for sure uh, okay so going to the Premier League table uh, Newcastle currently sitting 14th Southampton two points above them in 13th uh, similar goal difference, Southampton's minus 16, Newcastle minus 17. Southampton has two more wins, 10 wins to our eight. Um, they have four draws to our eight and 14 losses to our 12. In the last uh, five matches, it they beat Crystal Palace 2-0. They lost to, South, uh, to Liverpool 4-0. Then they lost to Burnley 2-1. They beat Aston Villa 2-0 and most recently lost to West Ham 3-1. So let's take a break and then we'll get into injuries, lineups, all that fun stuff. Let's do that right now. Of course. Okay, so let's start with injuries. Elijah, on the Southampton side, what are we looking at? Um. So yeah, Southampton, as far as I can tell, only have two injuries that I'm aware of. Um, one's not even injury. Nathan Redmond, one of those guys I've said has been in Southampton for years um, and should be gone by now. Uh, he's got a muscle injury. He's been out for a little bit. Um, he's probably not going to come back until towards the end of the season. Um, and then Musa Gineppo, um is doubtful for personal reasons. So I'm not really sure what those personal reasons are. Usually it's something to do with family, uh, pregnancy, death, something yeah, like that. Um, for Newcastle, uh, the same su- the usual suspects are injured. Um, Andy Carroll, of course, uh, as far as we know at this moment, is not slated to play. Uh, Kieran Clark, as we know, is done for the season. Jetro Willems is, of course, rehabbing in Germany. Uh, Paul Dummett as well out for the season. Emil Kraft potentially is going to be back. Um, he's been in training, um, but I would doubt that he makes an appearance or makes the team sheet um, because he's not good. So uh, there's that. <laughs> yes. Um, I will admit defeat with Emil Kraft. I was high on it, and that's not I would. I mean, I thought he could be decent too. I mean, it made sense. It was 
it was interesting. Um, I mean, I'm not ready to admit defeat with Nabil Bentaleb yet, so we've got that going. Okay, there we us. go. So, yeah. So, so formation, we got to go four two three one here, right? Yeah, I would say honestly, uh, if you're looking, if you're coming from my perspective, I say you roll out a pretty similar lineup to what you did. A merge, I'd say, of the last two lineups. So. I would go Dubrovka and goal. Um, as we know, Carl Darlow does not belong in goal. Uh, sure, let's put Danny Rose at left back. Let's put Jamal Lascelles at center back. Let's put Federico Fernandez at center back as well uh, with uh, Javi Mankio, excuse me, as your right back. Um, it's, I think that's a bit more solid defensively than what you had against. Wait, uh, you don't West think Brom with and... the way Mankio's played that Yedlin will get a shot? I'm just curious. I mean,. I, it's, I could see Yedlin getting a shot, but I also could. I also think Minkio hasn't been bad defensively. Which, to be fair, like if yes, if we were playing a wing back formation, I think a hundred percent Yedlin would get a shot. But uh, I don't know how much how much Bruce is trying to involve his fullbacks. I mean, Danny Rose hasn't looked good offensively at all since he's joined, and he's still in the in the uh, first team because I mean. He's been somewhat solid defensively. Um, sans the silly fouls due to his uh, shithousery, which we were warned by. Uh, we were warned about by Dustin. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so um, midfield, I'm going to go Shelby Hayden. Um, I think that's a, kind of a given. I agree with uh, you there. And then from right to left, Lazaro, AS, oh, sorry, Lazaro Almiron, and then ASM with, you know what, let's screw it, let's put Joel Linton up top. I think he this was probably, the he played, uh, West Brom was probably one of his best games as a center forward. Um, he was kind of able to get into the box, but because of just how fluid the attack was looking, um, there was also a lot of opportunities for him to go out wide, where he was preferred, a lot, a lot of opportunities for him to take on players, and there was a lot more people joining in um, to the attack with him. Um, so I, I see, I could see Steve Bruce um, playing Joel Linton, um, likely because he doesn't have the balls to actually drop Joel Linton from the team. So um, there's that. Yeah, I think just because we don't typically get nice things, I'm going to say the midfield is ASM, Almiron, and Richie. Yeah, I just don't I feel like that. we're going to have those three, even though they all three played great on, on Tuesday. Yeah. I mean, that would make too much sense. <laughs> That's, I have no other reason to believe anything else. That's no, it, 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 to be reason. fair, it's a valid reason. I mean, Steve Bruce shouldn't – there's nothing about Steve Bruce that has given us faith that he will make Wait, the right decision. how about this? It's in his DNA. We'll just – it, it's, it's in his DNA. I love that. I love, what a callback that is. Hey, I'm going to start tweeting more of those things. Yeah. Any, anytime Newcastle score, I'm going to congratulate only the players because, as we know, managers don't have anything to do with goals. And then um, mm-hmm. no. anytime someone scores on Newcastle, I'm going to say, well, guys, we were expecting this. It's in Newcastle's DNA. There's nothing that the coaches or players could have done about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. All right. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's just what I'm thinking there. I think e- even with Richie in um, – so, so say even everything we said except Richie's in right midfield and Gale is up top. I'm still fine with that. I'm 
I'm fine with Lazaro in right mid and Gale up top or Jolinton in either of those scenarios. Um, the biggest thing, the most important thing to me is that Almiron is a free-flowing number 10. That's that's what needs to happen. Almiron I would argue that I'm not okay if... I, I don't want Joel Linton. If Joel Linton's playing, I would I would rather him. How do I say this without? I don't want a I don't want Joel Linton and Richie both in the midfield at the same time. That's oh, that's my thing. Oh no 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 it wouldn't it wouldn't be that I mean so, no 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 I I know that's I'm just saying that's that's oh, I was that's, just going okay. along with your trend. I don't Got think it. that's what you want either. Got it. I'm just I think we both would be on the same page with that. I think that's that was not ideal. Yeah. Um. But I, I think that you, you're right. You could plug in Richie for Lazaro or plug in Richie for ASM and leave Lazaro, and I think it's not a big deal. But also just knowing the pressures surrounding ASM and, and Bruce, I would be shocked if ASM is not starting this match as well, um, unless he's actually injured, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, those are our lineup predictions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Elijah, so, uh, how does Newcastle United win this match? How do we pick up three points? Well, it's all about just remaining fluid with the attack, um, and um, that like the remaining fluid with the attack, which is kind of what happened in the West Brom match. I think another thing is that Newcastle are going to have to be able to adapt their tactics. So one thing that I did notice um, is that there were moments in the match against West Brom where Newcastle were playing direct, but for the most part, they were relying on a strategy which is was honestly pretty smart by Steve Bruce, which was playing balls over the top. Um, which didn't work against Burnley, who is a much more disciplined and a more much more disciplined team with better athletes and better defenders. But against West Brom, it worked out well. Um, they were able to play balls over the top to a lot of their pacey players because West Brom just simply don't have the personnel, and they did not start the personnel and able to who are going to be able to keep up with these guys. And you can't rely on that always working. And even though like it. Even though it just worked and it worked well, uh, you just can't rely on that always working. So inevitably, there's going to be have to be a moment where Steve Bruce has to make a shift, and it's all about will Newcastle be able to make to be able to make that change well and um, execute it uh, to the best of their ability. So uh, those are the two big things: is fluidity and attack, and and making sure that you're able to attack in more ways than just one, and being able to easily switch into you know your alternate methods of attack. Yeah. So I have a little bit. I have a different one here. So while while the long ball had some success against West Brom, we didn't score any of our goals off of a long ball attack. It was all build up play. So and I don't think I think Southampton will be able to eat up the long ball as well. So I don't think that's what we should be doing. I think like I think the players showed a lot in West Brom in like making those turns and trickery and like really causing fits. West Brom's not a terrible team. They come into the Premier League now and might be able to avoid relegation. Like they might be finished seventeenth, sixteenth. They are. They were top. They are top of the yeah in the championship. So like and 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 to be fair, also on West Brom, they had made nine changes. So this wasn't their best lineup for sure. Yeah, they but, started two. They started literally two players that are retiring and club legends in the midfield. Yeah, like they had a midfield with a player who was thirty nine. Yeah. So, so it. But what what I saw from it was like this team could do. I, and I've been preaching this for the last three weeks now. Could be really good and build up play in a, in a four two three one formation with Almiron as a free flowing ten. 
Like anything is possible because he dominates in that position. Well, so far, the last two weeks, he's dominated Burnley, he dominated West Brom, and I would expect him to do the same against Southampton. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm thinking of like Shelby staying back, or no, Hayden staying back, Shelby trying to look for that pass, whether it's over the top or out wide with Almiron making late runs with Jolinton in the box. Like those things that we win this game if we do that. That's what I think. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I, I'm getting a little giddy about the four, two, three, one. I'm seeing the potential of it. So, uh, yeah. And one thing that Newcastle fans did notice, speaking of the build up play is just the amount of freedom that it felt like the, uh, the front four had in this, um, all of them, um, looked like they just, someone described it as they had the shackles taken off of them. Um, not being forced to play this direct style where, um, it's long ball, and it, it was just kind of Steve Bruce set him up well, and I guess he gave some preliminary tactics, but uh, essentially they were able to build up play on their own and create their own spaces for themselves. And you did see certain players, like, I, I have to give credit to Danny Rose on this because I didn't give it to him on our um, recap pod, is that, like, there were moments where he visibly was, like, shouting, like, hey, this should be the next pass, this should be the next pass. Like, look at all the space that's on the other side of the pitch. Like, really helping the midfield see the full field instead of just, like, it would, there seemed to be the communication, everything was better. So, I I, I don't know. You said, you said it best. I think build-up play is going to be huge in this, and I think yeah. that the Newcastle, this formation, they're getting used to it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, going to focusing on Southampton, who is your player to look out for? And you've already mentioned him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've mentioned well, I've mentioned yeah, you've mentioned I've mentioned yours. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, there's a couple guys on their team, so you can have your guy. Um, I'll mention someone else that you just like. They have some solid players that you forget. Um, so uh, Pierre Emil Hoisberg very good player as well yeah. but what i really want to focus on is um their uh their loan signing um Kyle Walker Peters who is just a pretty dangerous fullback that can really hurt Newcastle in a, in yeah. in multiple ways and um if he plays i'm not really sure how much he's really been playing uh, he's, since he's, he's made moved one, to one start with them yeah so i mean if he plays i think that's kind of an area that they can take advantage of because, like, if he bombs forward, our our fullbacks, I I don't have a ton of confidence in their ability to d- defend other fullbacks. It's been an issue for Newcastle all season. Um, and then additionally, uh, Danny Ings. Yeah, I mean, you you got to mention him, right? Fifteen goals. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard not to mention. Yeah, him. fifteen goals and uh, Newcastle could have signed him. Yep. So uh, there's that. Um, James Ward-Prowse. Of course. Yeah. Four goals, three assists. He's consistently proving that he's Premier League quality every single match. Um, very rarely that he's getting beat. He's going to have his hands full uh, with our midfield if if we have the Lazaro, Almiron, and ASM because he's going to be asked to do a lot more than what he normally does if we run out that formation. But um, Which is going to be good for Newcastle because yeah. he's, he's like a key Get attacking. him away from attacking, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's he's just so dangerous when attacking and on free kicks. Yeah, so that's that's all I have though. So essentially, don't foul and and don't allow him to be a part of attacking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a tough ask for Newcastle to be Nathan honest. Redman 
also plays for them, but he's not having a great year. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that too. Um, he's also injured, so. Oh yeah, that's right. Cedric that's Source. probably why he's not Suarez. having a great Suarez. Cedric Suarez, Romeo. There, there's there, like, there's huh. some, they're at. There, there's there's players that exist that are good names, um, but uh, all all around disappointing season from Southampton. Yeah. Um, and, just or you know, or just an, a normal season for them. Yeah, really. I mean, it, yeah, actually, Shane Long is another guy that's like, oh, it's been a hot name, but it's like not really been that good. Yeah. Uh, he's got 18 matches and two goals and two assists, so uh, just another player like that. But yeah, you want to move into whatever's next, or are we taking yeah. a break? Like, what, what's on the agenda here? Yeah, let's take a break and then we'll go into stats. Cool. Let's do it. Okay, Elijah, chance okay. to redeem yourself. Pre-game stats. What you got? Okay, don't even say chance to redeem myself <laughs> because it was there was no one posting stats for that other one. Uh, I guess I'll start with one thing uh, that's reassuring Newcastle haven't lost to Southampton in their last five matches we've got three wins and two draws oh, so that is a positive it's in our DNA though it's in our DNA to blow these leagues <laughs> uh, but uh, essentially the last time that uh, Southampton beat us in the Premier League uh, was a 3-1 win in 2016 under Ronald Koeman I wonder what he's doing uh, anyway um, anyway uh, Newcastle have of course won their last two Premier League matches against Southampton. We mentioned this. The Magpies have never beaten the Saints in three consecutive league ma- league games in, in the history of the club existing. Additionally, Newcastle are looking to record only their second ever Premier League double over Southampton. The last time they did it was in 2004 under Graham Saunas. Um, only Liverpool and Manchester City have won more Premier League games so far in 2020 than Southampton. Um but only West Ham and Bournemouth have lost more games this calendar year than Southampton. Uh, so uh, essentially, uh, Southampton has won four games and they've lost four games, uh, and kind of means that they haven't really drawn a lot. So, um, it, it, uh, wow, that's something to consider as you make your own predictions or if you're a betting person as you place your bets. Uh, Southampton haven't really drawn at all this year, so it's probably going to be a win or a loss for Newcastle. Um, Since the start of February, Newcastle had 54 shots, only 13 are on target in four Premier League matches, and have failed to score a single goal in the Premier League. In that time, only eight sides have had more efforts than the Magpies, and only three have have had fewer attempts on target. Uh... So yeah, and uh, do you have anything before I continue? Uh no, just uh, five thirty-eight. Okay, uh, Steve Bruce has never won an away match against Southampton in six tries. Uh, he's lost two. He's lost four and drew at two. Um, no player scored in more Premier League games this season than Danny Ings. He scored in fourteen of the twenty-eight uh, uh, Premier League games for Southampton. Wow, uh, which is interesting because pretty much. That means he's had one brace and then one goal in all these other games. Uh, and uh, let's see. Um, Newcastle ha- lead the league in uh, 0-0 draws. <laughs> Which is... That's a stat. And uh, uh, last but not least, uh, of course, Newcastle scored a league low 24 Premier League goals this season. But we've had 13 different goal scores, meaning that 54% of their goals have been netted by different players, which is a cool little stat. Um, 
it's like that stat where Matt Ryan threw a touchdown on like every single one of his receivers um, in his MVP year. It's just like a cool thing. Very cool. Uh, to 538. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think they like Newcastle in this one? Um, I mean, I, I would say no because um, – one Southampton, it's away from Newcastle, which has been pretty brutal from the 538 perspective this season. Yeah. Um, I feel like we haven't been favored to win in the away match all year. Um, even like when we were away to, I think maybe when we were away to Norwich is actually probably the only one where we were favored to win, and that was the second game of the season. Um, and like our form hasn't really been great sans the West Brom match. I mean, obviously Southampton's had pretty awful form. But I could see this one being pretty heavy in the draw column from 538 with Southampton getting the edge as the home team in terms of wins. You are close. So here's the numbers. Southampton, a 55% chance to win. 25% chance to draw. And Newcastle, a 20% chance to win. So very heavy favorite towards a Southampton victory, according to 538. Um That's the only stat I have. So yeah, let, well, let's get into predictions. Yeah, let's do it. And I'll go first. I'm going to stay on the trend. We will get a point. Southampton oh. will get their fifth draw, our ninth. But unfortunately, no goals will be scored in this one. 0-0. Zero, zero. Again. That's my prediction. I'm good. Okay. Um. I think I'm going to go 2-1 win for Newcastle. Oh, again. 2-2-1 um, wins. Do the double. Do the double. Um, I think Southampton will score first and Newcastle will... Actually, yeah. No. I think Newcastle will score first and then Southampton will score and then Newcastle will score. Who's your goal um, scorers? Jetro and Kieran Clark? God. That, well... Definitely not Jetro. <laughs> or Kieran if, Clark. If you're a betting man, put a put a fiver on Jetro score. Uh, <laughs> or Kieran Clark. Or Kieran <laughs> Clark. Put them put them both. Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. I even missed that. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's you it's missed. midnight. So yeah, it's fine. Um, let's see. My goal scores. I'm gonna go Miggy. Uh, oh, it's it's not really that shocking. He plays well as a ten. I uh, coming off a brace. Uh, now leading our Elijah, team in it's, goal it's shocking when any of our players score. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Miggy and I'm going to go John Joe Shelby. Ooh. Um, yeah. Shelby also wouldn't be surprised. A goal in yeah. each Southampton match. That would be nice too. Yeah. Uh, he's our best Premier League score. <laughs> um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if ASM gets a goal or Lazaro. Uh, just, I think that uh, this 4 2 3 1. Uh, is favorable towards them both, and they both had ample opportunity cutting inside the box uh, and either laying it off for someone else in the box, crashing the box, whether that be Joel Linton or Miguel Almiron. More often than not, it was Miguel Almiron. Um, or uh, just being able to cut in and create for themselves. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I'd lead I'd lead towards Almiron scoring um, and maybe Shelby as well, uh, being our set-piece specialist. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's what I got for predictions. Two one win for Newcastle. Awesome. Well, I hope yours comes true. Uh, Elijah, do you have anything else on this glorious episode? Um, uh, no. Uh, hug your hug your friends. Uh, prayers for Nashville. If anyone in Nashville is listening, uh, that's pretty brutal. What's happened in Nashville this week? Uh, there was a tornado. 
Um, and prayers for Joseph Martinez's ACL. Um, that was a bit selfish, actually. Yeah. Um, that was pretty selfish of me. But all yeah, right, that's all I got. Well, uh, happy Friday to all listening to this. Uh, like, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, any, you know, we love it when you guys are telling your friends about us. So let us know. Tag your friends in our posts because it's good for their health. Um, but other than that, uh, that concludes your Southampton preview podcast. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. The best damn calls in the land alive to do some. Let's get three points and away the last. Love you guys. If you never win the cup again, I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park. If the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody. To live in Jody land Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wing I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river dine I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been a weird I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how weird I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before and I love the Geordie heroes There's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza Brendan Foster in the Gateshead Games I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park In the Gallagher tent in the rain I'm coming home Newcastle, you can keep your London wing. I've walked the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river tide. I'm coming home, Newcastle. I wish I'd never been away. I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me, but I'd seen any how I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the cup again, I'll pray the dog is in James's pocket, the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming home.